Welcome to Looking for Lincoln Stories, a podcast about the people, events, and places of Abraham Lincoln's life and times. These narratives of real-life events paint a picture of the vibrant history of the Abraham Lincoln National Heritage Area. This episode is entitled, New Philadelphia, Illinois, a racially diverse community on the Illinois frontier. Free Frank McWhorter was a man with ambition, dedication, guts, and a burning desire for freedom for himself and others. He was the first African-American in the nation to plant and legally register a town. Learn how Free Frank established an integrated community on the Illinois prairie and bought the freedom of more than a dozen people from slavery. This episode is narrated by Springfield, Illinois actor Kevin Ford. One of Illinois' most historically significant places doesn't look like much. It's nestled amid the rolling hills of rural west central Illinois between the Illinois and Mississippi rivers. It has no visible original structures, except for the interpretive signs you'd suspect that the site was just another field like many others in Pike County. But you shouldn't judge this book by its cover. The new Philadelphia town site near the present-day city of Barrie is so significant to American history that it was designated a National Historic Landmark. It was the first town in the nation to be platted and legally registered by an African-American. The town's founder, Free Frank, later known as Frank McWhorter, who established the community, was born enslaved, purchased his own freedom, and then bought freedom for more than a dozen family members all through his own enterprise. The New Philadelphia story is an inspiring tale of determination and dedication. It's about a man who quietly and methodically beat the racist odds of his time and built an integrated town long before the nation plunged into civil war. Much like the story of Abraham Lincoln, it's a saga of a man with a vision and the Illinois landscape that seemingly rose up to meet him. The story begins with Frank, born into slavery in South Carolina in 1777, and then relocated to Kentucky with his owner around 1795. Frank was left to manage the farm while his owner expanded estate holdings in Kentucky and Tennessee. Frank was also hired out to other settlers in the area, but was allowed to keep a portion of his earnings. In 1799, Frank married Lucy a woman enslaved on a nearby farm. Four of the couple's children born into slavery survived. Frank supplemented his meager income by mining Kentucky caves for the raw materials to make gunpowder, which was in high demand on the frontier and for the nation's involvement in the War of 1812. Frank finally made enough money to purchase his wife, Lucy's Freedom, for $800 in 1817, about $17,000 today and in 1819, he purchased his own freedom for the same amount. Frank and his wife were no longer enslaved. In 1820, federal census lists him as Free Frank. Frank and Lucy had three additional children thereafter who were all born free. 
Frank didn't forget his children who were still enslaved. He expanded his mining business in the 1820s, but he traded the operation in 1829 to secure freedom for his son Frank Jr., who had escaped to Canada as a fugitive slave in 1826. In 1830, Frank, Lucy, and their free children moved to the state of Illinois to settle on the land that he had purchased in Pike County. They became the first settlers of what would later become Hadley Township. By 1835, Frank had accumulated enough money to buy the freedom for his son Solomon. In 1836, Frank laid out the town of New Philadelphia on 42 acres of his land, making it the first town in America platted and legally registered by an African-American. Frank did not immediately bring his older children and their families to New Philadelphia because they remained enslaved in Kentucky. He intended to use the proceeds of his real estate sales in the town to purchase freedom for family members remaining in slavery. In 1837, Frank successfully petitioned the Illinois legislature in Vandalia to change his name to Frank McWhorter a spelling variation of his owner's surname. The Legislative Act granted Frank legal standing. By the time of his death in 1854, free Frank McWhorter had purchased his own freedom and that of his wife, four children, and three grandchildren. He left directions in his will to secure the freedom of his grandchildren who remained in slavery, a wish that his son Solomon fulfilled. All totaled, McWhorter freed himself and 15 family members from bondage at a cost of approximately $14,000, which equates to a half a million dollars today. Establishing a successful town on the frontier was no small feat, especially for an African-American. Illinois was among several states that enacted stringent black codes to limit immigration into the state and to control and restrict virtually every aspect of African-American life. Despite these black codes, Frank was determined to develop a successful, racially diverse town. Frank divided New Philadelphia into 144 lots and sold them to black, white, and mulatto settlers. By 1850, 38% of the town's 58 residents were listed as black, a percentage far in excess of the statewide average of 0.6% black. Additional black farmers lived on farms near the community. New Philadelphia's population peaked in 1865 with 160 individuals living in 29 households, of whom 70% were white, 30% black. New Philadelphia's residents were involved in a variety of occupations, including cabinet makers, shoemakers, a wheelwright, a carpenter, a seamstress, a physician, teachers, merchants, and blacksmiths. A post office operated in the town from 1849 to 1853, and New Philadelphia also served as a stagecoach stop. New Philadelphia built its own schoolhouse and used it to educate the town's African-American children since they were not permitted to attend the state's public schools. An integrated school was constructed just north of New Philadelphia around 1874. 
The first burial in the old Philadelphia cemetery occurred in 1851 when Frank and Lucy's oldest son was interned there. The town seemingly had everything needed for success. It was located on fertile prairie land and accessible timberland for construction materials, was located along major county roads, and was between and very near both the Illinois and Mississippi rivers. It was only when railroads decided to locate elsewhere in the late 1800s that New Philadelphia began to decline. Like other free African-American communities, New Philadelphia's residents, some formerly enslaved, demonstrated their commitment to self-determination by participating in what would become known as the Underground Railroad. The rural and remote nature of the landscape surrounding New Philadelphia and the proximity to a river and the slave state of Missouri made it ideally suited for this clandestine enterprise. Historical resources indicate that the McWhorter family, New Philadelphia residents, and area townspeople concealed, harbored, guided and accompanied runaway African-Americans attempting to escape enslavement and find freedom. One account tells of a novel early warning system devised by a resident where chickens would be released, which caused dogs to bark, which in turn alerted freedom seekers and those sheltering them that strangers were in pursuit. Other underground railroad connections were more subtle Oral history tells that there were two shoemakers in such a small town as New Philadelphia. It is argued that much of their business was likely providing shoes for runaway slaves. While the historic town no longer exists, the story of this community was kept alive through community and family oral histories, and Juliet Walker, a descendant of Free Frank, published a book about his life in 1983. Then, archaeologists walked the site in 2002 and 2003 just to see if they could find anything on the surface. They located more than 7,000 artifacts. Closer examination revealed even more evidence. Two three-year archaeological investigations were sponsored by the National Science Foundation and hosted by the University of Maryland in collaboration with the University of Illinois and the Illinois State Museum. These investigations located many intact underground features such as substantial building foundations, the remains of wells, pit cellars, and concentrations of artifacts that indicate the town's inhabitants' various occupations. In total, more than 150,000 artifacts were located at the New Philadelphia town site. These artifacts span the entire time of the town's existence, from the 1830s into the early 20th century. These artifacts aren't merely old things from a bygone era. They are treasure troves of information that illustrate how formerly enslaved individuals, free-born African-Americans, and people of European descent lived together in a small rural community and the effects their interaction had on these groups of people. The written and unearthed history of New Philadelphia 
indisputably prove that the site is of state and national historic significance. Area residents were the first to push for official recognition. The New Philadelphia Association, formed in 1996 by a group of local residents to keep the town's memory alive, erected a metal sign at the edge of the nearby Bayless Blacktop Road to commemorate the historic town and its founder. They sought and were successful in attaining the site's listing in the National Register of Historic Places in 2005. New Philadelphia was officially designated as a National Historic Landmark in 2009. The site was included in the National Park Service National Underground Railroad Network to Freedom Program in 2013, and that same year an informational pavilion was completed to provide interpretation to the increasing number of visitors who were learning of New Philadelphia. U.S. President Barack Obama signed legislation in 2014 to authorize a special resource study of the New Philadelphia's qualifications to become a unit of the National Park Service. Public hearings into the possibility were held in 2016 along with a site visit. Legislation was then introduced in Congress and in 2022, President Biden signed legislation designating the town as the New Philadelphia National Historic Site. Visit the New Philadelphia town site and walk in the footsteps of a man with ambition, dedication, guts, and a burning desire for freedom for himself and others. Imagine free Frank McWhorter standing beside you as his dream of an integrated town became reality, and with it, the freedom of more than a dozen people. Free Frank and New Philadelphia tells a story you can find nowhere else on earth. You definitely shouldn't judge this modest book by its cover. Thank you for listening to this episode of Looking for Lincoln Stories, brought to you by Looking for Lincoln and the Abraham Lincoln National Heritage Area. This episode was written by David Blanchett, directed by Heather Fieser, and edited by Stephen Varble. Narration was provided by Springfield, Illinois actor Kevin Ford. Looking for Lincoln Stories highlight people, events, and places from Abraham Lincoln's life and times. These real-life narratives paint a picture of the vibrant history of the Abraham Lincoln National Heritage Area. To learn more about the area, visit lookingforlincoln.org.